Welcome to more about officership, an open and honest discussion about officership in Australia. As we move towards One Australia Territory, host Captain Matt Reeves is joined by officers from across the country to discuss the challenges and rewards of being an officer today. Well, welcome back to another week of the Candidates Podcast. Hope you're enjoying uh, this year's uh, podcast. We've had some pretty interesting stories and we've got some more good stories to unpack. If you have any ideas or if you think there's people that we should talk to, let us know. Uh, you can follow us up on the Facebook page or send me an email. Um, I'd be really interested to, to do that. We're trying to get stories from around the country uh, of people who are serving in ministries, in unique ministries. Uh, about what God is doing in their communities and in their lives. Today we have two very special guests. Everyone is a very special guest, but today is a little bit sparkly. We have uh, Major Winter Knopp and we have Captain Martin Scrimshaw, who have both joined us, who both have overlapped in an appointment, both sharing a brilliant and unique ministry, uh, and it's really good to talk to you. So welcome to you, Winton. Thank you. And welcome you, to you, Martin. Thank you, Matt. Winton, one of the things we like to do right up at the start is just to tell a little bit of, about ourselves. Sure. So if you want to just introduce yourself to the listeners, that would be great. Okay. Um, oh, thanks, Matt, for the opportunity. I've uh, been in, uh, I suppose, ministry for 30, 35 years with the Salvos. Uh, prior to that was... Uh, in IT, way back when uh, mainframes were around, uh, oh, rather wow. than PCs, uh, <laughs> that was that is a long time ago, I suppose. But uh, look, enjoyed uh, uh, kind of all that service for the salvos. Um, a father of um, well, I've got three of my own boys and uh, two beautiful stepkids as well. So five kids uh, with my wife June, and uh, four uh, beautiful grandchildren, and one on the way, one on which the is way. exciting stuff. Um, and uh, yeah, life's good. Really enjoying uh, uh, this this part of my life. Yeah, yeah. good. And you've you said in core appointments and yeah, all a whole variety. Of bits and yeah. Pieces. Um, yeah, so certainly uh, here at uh, TSQ now as a chaplain, and mm. after six and a half years at the airport as a chaplain, which was yeah. really exciting stuff. Prior to that, yeah, core appointments, uh, personal department in in uh, in at headquarters. Uh, on the college, in youth ministry, and, uh, yeah, quite a variety. Now I actually have a bone to pick with you about this. Please. Because um, when I was younger... Yes. ...and you were the TY... Oh. ...my... So Claire, my wife, they'd just moved over from Adelaide to to Melbourne, and I think you had two, or there was maybe early, maybe 12 months prior. Yes, okay. And Claire's eldest, oldest sister, Megan, was going to... TCAC or whatever it was called then, yeah. the camp in January, and Claire wasn't going. So they all turned up. Megan grabs her bags out, da-da-da-da, that was fine, she comes. And you had a conversation with Viv about why isn't Claire coming? I don't know if you remember this. <laughs> I can't remember. Uh, oh, I'm telling you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> anyway, I'm telling you. Uh, and then uh, you you basically said to them, well, just go back home and get her stuff. <laughs> right? So anyway, so they did. Okay. Uh, and we're now happily married, three children. Oh. She blame you. So. Oh, well, that's brilliant. <laughs> I, actually, it's one of the fascinating things about being in youth work, the number of relationships yeah. that start at camps yeah. and then, you know, yeah. and... Uh, so, I, no, 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 I don't think there's any forms filled out. I don't okay. even know whether she paid, but all I know is that well. you said to them, just go and get your stuff. So they went back home, got her stuff and, and, and brought her back. look where it's led to. Look at that. Oh, well, mate, so it's, I, it's all I'm, you. I'm excited it's all you. That story. That's brilliant, Matt. <laughs> oh, terrific. <laughs> Now, Martin, you're here too. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself. 
Yeah, well, we we were late we were late starters. So um, I spent twenty four years in the banking industry, um, and then um, eventually uh, came in under the new lieutenant scheme. Yeah, one of those uh, with us, with very new ones. Yeah, yep. we were the first fourteen that um, rocked up to the training college in December, and then found out we were appointed. starting appointed <laughs> and starting in something January. in the January. <laughs> uh, created all sorts of all at the training college because there've been cadets there for two years, going out to the same appointment. So it was uh, I do interesting time, but it was an, an amazing journey. Yeah. So we've had. Um, uh, 14, year, 14 years in core, and mm. then the last two years I spent as um, an assistant secretary in the state social command, which was also an incredible experience seeing, um, being so close to the social programs in this state and yeah. just seeing the amazing work that they do and being able to help to resource that. Mm. Um, and then uh, I've taken on this uh, exciting appointment um, yeah. at the airport five weeks in and... Um, still there? Still there. I'm still turning <laughs> up. And that's good It's to hear. actually been, um, it's been amazing, like the, the welcome. And a lot of that goes to Wyndham because uh, that many people have said to me that chaplaincy is part of the culture of the airport, which is mm-hmm. amazing. And that's yeah. um, something that um, I'm trying to honour as continue each day. That's good. Well, that's what we want to talk about, airport chaplaincy, because Ooh. we talk about a lot of different unique ministries and airport chaplaincy is re- relatively new to the Army-ish, maybe? Uh, um, it's certainly um, been active in Sydney for a good number of years okay. um, based on uh, volunteer role there and quite a number of retired officers have been doing it up there for, and I'd, I'd be... I'd be able to say 10, 10 years plus, but I might be totally wrong there. But yeah. a really well established. For us, certainly um, at Melbourne Airport, uh, I was the first army officer involved. And actually, um, yeah, well, uh, what is it now? Nearly seven years ago, was invited to establish the chaplaincy after they'd had a, uh, a gap of about 12 years. So put my hand up for it, actually. One of those opportunities you oh, don't yeah. get to. Were you a... working in personnel at the time? I was. Oh, oh, yeah. The place is corrupt. I love it. Oh, it needs to go into personnel. Yeah. Well, oh, I... I wouldn't mind. No, not having that one. Oh, hang on a second. <laughs> well, it's a bit like that, inside of trading. Um, the airport had been, um, uh, the lady out there, Mary Holloway, fantastic connection out there. Mary, her dad was the initial chaplain going back in the, the late 60s, early 70s, when and Tullamarine actually ah. was started and built. And he was an Anglican uh, priest and minister and, and did a great job. And um, and then Mary, uh, his daughter, she's been involved in chaplaincy for a long time mm. and just kept pestering the, the management out there and said, well, look, you know, I've got to have chaplaincy back. So um, then uh, they said, well, okay, we'll consider it, but we do like our relationship with the Salvos out here at the airport. And so that came across the personnel department here and I thought, good grief, what an opportunity for a real frontline ministry. So I put my hand up, asked obviously through, through, you know, the so channels. I said, no, that's oh, right. You would have seen it, you would have said, you would have said oh, actually, I, feel, I know the right person for this. Well, Me. it was my life. <laughs> well, that's right. <laughs> well, I got of, the guy for you. Yeah, <laughs> a bit of self spooking here. But because I had to write to you know, Cur- Colonel Frank Daniels at the time, who yeah. was in the personnel secretary, and you know, kind of much to his disappointment, you know, kind of he really couldn't resist. I don't think. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, what an exciting opportunity then. So yeah. I, I've I've only seen you in action, I guess, one day when I came out sure, in yes. December and did some caroling with you, and yeah. I think I think we were pretty rough, but we got there. Oh, it was good sound. But what I was amazed at 
was that every time we'd stop playing and we'd go to play another carol, oh, hey, Winton, like, oh, hey, Winton, people yeah. walking past. Yeah. And you'd say, oh, that's the CEO or that's the general manager. Oh, they're the crew. They're the LA crew going yep. to. And I thought, how many people do you know? Yeah. Well, and obvi- So obviously your influence, it's a massive place. But it, uh, hey, Winton, that was, it was what I heard all mm, day. Mm, I went and that, how does mm. that come about? I, I think it comes about by just being um, available and visible. You know, a couple yeah. of those words are fairly powerful. Chaplaincy isn't about sitting in your office and thinking no. people are going to call you. So for me, um, particularly in the first few years, I I really put myself out there to get across the airport. The airport management had said, you're the airport chaplain. Um, here's a security pass and we'll give you a little bit of an introduction. But <laughs> go on, go Off on. you go. Yeah. Uh, which I did, and um, yeah, it was pretty tiring stuff, exhausting. A big, uh, a big airport, huge community. When I started, it was about twelve and a half thousand staff. Now up to sixteen and a half thousand. You know, things like uh, twenty. And it never stops, does it? No. Well, it's no. growth. Growth. Uh, yeah. Airports around the world, travel around the world is growing at an incredible pace, um, and. You know, from those days now to, you know, 28 million then, 35 million passengers and growing every year at a huge rate. So you've got this, I've always laughed about it and now I'm passing it over Martin, what a great congregational numbers, Mm. you know, if we, you know, when you think about it. But that presence is really just being there every day, being visible, being available. And yeah, you you just have some really significant encounters. Guys out airside, the ramp crew, the engineers, the fleet presentation, the caterers, um, and then you, you get to sit down with the CEO or airline managers and have a heart-to-heart, and uh, it's just privilege, really is. One of the things that struck me was that and when you said then, you know, oh, it's a congregation of 16,000, yep. which you'd say, oh, yeah, fair enough, yep. but the amount of people who knew you. Yeah. Like, it's not like, oh, I think that's the Salvo guy who wanders around or whatever. Mm. Oh, hey, went and how are you going? Yeah. Like, there was this really sort of in-depth conversation, which is comes over time. Yeah, too, it does. And being does. available. Is it available and present? Yeah, it is. And I think uh, listening, because you know, you, you, you've got to be very intentional about not being distracted, uh, put the phone yeah. away and saying in that moment, in those few seconds that you have an encounter as you're walking through the airport, you want to give people a real intentional focus on, on their life. Can I quote you? <laughs> so in an article, August 2017 in The War Cry, of which you were on the front cover. Okay. Uh, in an article entitled Called to Listen, you said this, a chaplain is a committed minister of the grace of God through the unconditional giving of compassion, care, acceptance and practical help to whoever they encounter in their specific working community. Yep. That's it. Okay. That's it. That's good. Sums it up, doesn't it? Yeah. So after six and a half years, yep. um, you now at THQ doing a chaplaincy role within yes. this building in a really transitional time, which I suppose we're probably all familiar with, enter, the Bible says, um, the old has gone and the new has come, so to speak, and then Martin's taken over the role at the the airport, which I'm sure is not daunting at all. Um, 
if you could actually <laughs> visualise this, uh, I actually have a sore right arm from going around saying I've replaced Winton, and if you know Winton, he's about four or five feet taller than I am and much bigger shoes, and uh, so I've got a sore arm. Keep saying, you know, Winton, the tall guy, Mini Winton, Mini Winton, <laughs> and I, I, I've actually been saying in the last few days as I'm going around and seeing people again, when do I f- uh, stop saying new? Yeah, <laughs> you know, I'm the so. new chaplain, but. Uh, the acceptance has been amazing and I uh, made a comment earlier that um, people are reiterating to me over and over again and I think this is amazing that in that place that's so um, driven by the dollar, that's so dynamic, um, that the fact is that chaplaincy is actually seen as part of the culture of the airport Mm. and they Mm. don't know what they would do without it and Mm. uh, that's a credit to both um, Winton and I also think for Mary pestering in that place and doing that and so it's... um, And the team. Yeah, we've got a team out there, a volunteer team that covers uh, seven days and, uh, you know, kind of mostly business hours. But for us, you know, it'd be eight till five and we, so, and trying to cover the week. So, and a a multi-faith chaplaincy as well. Because the McClimates, are they? Yeah, Yeah, I saw them out there. Retired officers and uh, Chris Black as well. And uh, Yeah, so. So what was it like? I mean, we've all changed appointments, you know, the, yep. the person in front of you moves out and as we said, you know, they leave a note on the desk of yep. here's the stuff you need to know. But you had this wonderful opportunity to transition yeah, together, I, which I, is I probably invaluable. I, I, probably I was in a fortunate space being where I was and being an assistant, not the um, actual secretary. So uh, I, when um, I got the phone call, um, which blew me away to say, um, would you be... Um, consider their chaplaincy at the airport. Um, didn't take much uh, of a sleepless night to actually put my hand up and say yes. Um, mm. But after that, it was about, hey, this is huge. Um, and, you know, I've had conversations with Wint in the past. I've read the stuff in the war cry and thinking, mm. well, we need to have some sort of... And I think the other thing that got me was there's a responsibility to the airport corporation out mm. there because they, they put uh, uh, money towards the budget and so it was important to show them that we were committed to that transition, that Winton didn't just walk out one mm. day and then a new person turned up and they're saying, who is this person? So it was important that they got to know Most definitely, who, yeah. who I was mm. as well. Yeah. Um, and actually gives you more credit seeing you standing alongside him. <laughs> oh, a- a- absolutely. And I, th- I think one of the highlights for that was um, we got uh, both invited to the um, Airport Corporation uh, Christmas dinner. And uh, so the chief executive of the airport is up there and um, mentioned, oh, it was incredible, but gave Winton an incredible send-off. And I think there was a standing ovation in that room of 400 people. Um, But the the great thing that he said was whenever there's something old passes, there's a new thing that happens and um, was willing to introduce me to that group of people as well. So at that point, I, I thought we've had a good transition yeah, that we've got yeah, to that point yeah. where they understand it's happening and... Um, You're saying I'm prep- old, are you? No. Yeah, <laughs> I'm getting over the hill. Mature. Mature, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. But, yeah. yeah. No, it, that was a great moment, really. Well, it was recognition mm. of um, of the Salvation Army in a place where it was really making a difference. Mm. And I, I commend Salvation Army leadership because there was great support from uh, majors, um, uh, Michael and Annette Coleman, yep. uh, allowing that time of transition. So Martin was able to come out. So and how long was that? Did you 
sort of transition? A couple of months. Yeah. Uh, And, um, yeah, yeah, a day a week type of thing. And uh, it was fairly flexible but allowed me to, you know, take Martin round to introduce him to, you know, lots of the key operators at the airport and uh, maybe to some of the more fearful uh, (laughs) opportunities. Watch this uh, one. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) What what do you mean by fearful? Oh, well, uh, you you get called to some fairly... um, sometimes challenging encounters. AFP, Australian Federal Police, uh, deal with some pretty horrific um, um, incidents where people can be a bit volatile. You get caught out to do medicals where, you know, someone's had a heart attack or um, or have even died on a flight. So, and your front line there is a support to family. Mm. Um yeah, it's 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 one of those those critical incidents. You're a part of the emergency response teams as well, okay. um, and then trying always to advocate for people with uh, airlines. They've mm. missed a flight, so can we have some compassion and mm. uh, get them back on a flight? Yeah. So uh, yeah, Martin was uh, was good to give him a bit of induction into some of that stuff. Yeah. And the, and the other thing was that um, it's a fair process. Um, it's not something you can step from because it's a, a secure environment. So even to be able to start that induction process and go through the security clearances and all that sort of mm. stuff, which actually helped me when I started on my own, the fact is that I virtually took over from Winton's security clearance across the airport. Yeah. So that meant that I had access to most places um, from day one, uh, rather than have to sit back and go through that, which would have put a fair hold on being able to actually um, take on the role in that space. I think the chaplain has uh, an amazing as- oh. a- a- access across the airport. Incredible, yeah. um, probably more than many others that uh, yep. you know, in the, in the employment out there. So mm. it's a, again a real privilege. Any stories that stick with you in your time at the airport? Oh, I'll write a book or two. Um, well, actually, are you going to write a book? No. <laughs> you should. <laughs> I had look. It's 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 um, it probably is a something you, you could do. Uh, I'm not being a journalist, but uh, just recording some of the stories. Um, one of the biggest ones was probably um, um, I got a call one day in my early, early days here from Qantas. They had a guy in his seventies. Uh, from he'd come out to visit his son in South Australia and um, the son for um, we might call probably sad reasons said look you know I don't want to see my dad um, but he was a man who'd um, um, had struggled with uh, early dementia and other illnesses and had just got on a flight and amazing how he got to you know, Melbourne let alone anywhere else and so after he was rejected by his family, we organised for him to go back to uh, to Glasgow. Um, Qantas uh, gave us well. He paid for a seat, which was fair enough, but he did have to have someone with him. He's. I spent a week with him. He stayed at our place for a few days because oh. we didn't have confidence that he would actually get on the plane. Yeah, and or, or know where to get around. He really had a lot of confusion. Uh, nice guy though, you know, not not a dangerous guy in any way. So. Uh, I flew back with him to Heathrow, the chaplains back there, the Salvo chaplains, Hackroyds, mm. helped us transition him to his flight to Glasgow and someone met him there. And so I met his son in the end and uh, understand his story. He had three young kids and his dad had been a bit of a problem over the years and um, and got other family connections from him. The story goes that he actually did the same thing to visit a, a, a daughter in, in the US 
and got to LA or one of the major airline um, you know, airports there and, and they put him in hospital for a few days and then sent him back and then sent him a whopping great bill of $45,000 or something because of the cost of his medical care. So we looked after him very well here. Mm. Um, we didn't send him any bills. <laughs> but, yeah, it was one of those things you just um, you just do. And mm. as you... Um, you don't always get flight opportunities um, no. in that that way, but I was exhausted after a week anyway. So yeah. after after that, so you get those stories of which are, is a big deal, you know, yeah. having a, yeah, a week and then massive. fly over. But on a daily basis, people just missing their flights, <laughs> losing their wallets. Like, is it that sort of stuff, or is it, it is it, it more it, than that? It can actually less? be. It, it can actually be more. It's so varied. Yeah. Um, one of the things I found um, is. And I, I don't know how to express it, but mm. I, um, you, you know, I've always known you've got to stay connected um, to God in mm. any appointment. Otherwise, you can be running on your own, and it doesn't last very long. But in this in this environment, I just find that I need to have this spirit con- connection um, to mm. God because it's such a big place, such a diverse place, and yet if you just stay connected, God seems to move you to the right place at the right time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, um, and in the last in the last week, um, I've had um, a uh, one of the Qantas um, staff phone me up about uh, somebody they were concerned about and uh, said that um, this person had experienced their son-in-law taking his own life. So I went and visited this, this lady and sat with her and when I heard the story, it was... Um, second son-in-law that she's had suicided, lovely lady, but here was her daughter with four young children, um, virtually going through a pauper's thing. Um, It was pretty horrific um, the way he'd taken his life Um, and they were virtually, they couldn't afford a funeral. Um, He was estranged from his parents who were fairly wealthy and didn't want anything to do with him Uh, and all I could feel was these four kids that would be sitting in a chapel with nothing being said, sitting in front of a coffin. Mm. And so I said to this lady, could I help in um, doing a little service? I know you're not having a funeral, it won't cost you anything, but could I meet with your daughter and put something together? And they were more than happy and I met with the four kids. And last Thursday I did the the short service and put it together. His parents actually turned up and it was, yeah, quite a bit of an incredible thing. Um, And so it was just that in that chaplaincy space being able to offer that at that right time. But then the next night I I got a phone call from family um, off the airport saying that we know there's a chaplaincy service. We've got um, a nephew that's arriving back, uh, coming from the UK. His father's just taken his life, 49-year-old and he's coming with his partner and we don't want them to, we know how emotional they are, would they be able to help them transition through the airport? They were flying Emirates. I contacted Emirates. They actually made sure that they had um, seating. Um, uh, Unfortunately, it was a full flight, otherwise they would have moved them up to first class. But they took me right to the gate, right to the door of the plane, um, had people bring them out, did the introductions, and I was able to transition that family through. Um, we got through, I told customs, so we got through customs, we got through everywhere. And from the time of getting them off the plane to a taxi, 
was about 20 minutes, but the difference uh, mm. we got in that space. And tomorrow I have to, I have to meet um, the wife's brother who's arrived from, from the UK and do the same thing. So in that space, you're just trying to bring a bit of compassion, yep. a bit of hope, yeah, a bit of support, support, yep. a bit of, yeah, just... Um, mm. Mercy. And then the the other side of the equation is, yeah, you get called like we did on Saturday from Border Force where um, a lady um, had been refused entry into the UK, was being shipped back. Um, um, I think she had a bit of mental illness, but she caused a bit of ruckus on the plane. So by the time she got back into Melbourne, there were three security guards had been put on the plane. Mm. And again, all the way to the gate, met her and as a chaplain helped um, to transition her through the airport, um, trying to keep her as calm as possible so that we didn't have to get the AFP and she wasn't carted off in a in a van, but rather was able to um, exit and get back to, to friends. That's amazing. Yeah. For starters, that's yeah. point one. Secondly, I think when you, you're talking about interacting with people in that way, um, what a privilege. Mm, like mm. What, one, And I suppose you don't know what's coming next, but no. what a... What a privilege to be able to, to be able to do that. It's a part of the, the two words, diverse and dynamic. You never know what's going to happen at any time of the day or night. And it is really, it, you, you would call it life and death issues. They, oh. these, are, these are some of the most critical moments in a person's life. Mm. Um, and flying's stressful enough. It is. You're trying to get all your yeah. family together, get everyone That's there. Right. But then yeah. to do that under, under the knowledge of we're going, we've got mm. to go to another country because mm. this has happened. Yeah. And to be met by a, a friendly face yeah. who yeah. has compassion and can help you quickly through the process. Mm. Yeah. That's priceless. God's yeah. in that moment. There's no oh, doubt yeah, about it. Absolutely. You, know, you, you just uh, sense the huge um, opportunity that is just to yeah. bring some grace and care and love into a pl- uh, into a situation. So often that that's doesn't feel like it's there. Mm. Winton, you've, you've been a core officer at Large Core. You've sure. been at personnel where you chose your own appointment. You've yep. been um, <laughs> <Thank> you. <laughs> TY, you know, so you've yep. been responsible for the youth across the country. Where does this role fit in? Yeah, it's a, it's a good question. Yeah, I'm recognising it's very different from the others. Yes, and it is. I, look, I've got to say um, I've only got this year to go before I uh, approach retirement. I would say I've been blessed to have been in one of the most incredible um, positions and appointments uh, you could ever hope for. I, I, I It's been outstanding. I've loved my other roles, but mm. this has been exceptional in a sense of, uh, you know, I think of all our social ministries that are out there, uh, frontline ministries, <clears throat> and if you're thinking about, you know, what you can be doing uh, in leadership uh, as an officer or even as a, a soldier, whatever the role might be as a Christian, this, is, um, this has got huge impact in the lives of people every day. It really absorbs your whole heart, soul, mind, um, you have to be careful about it because mm. it is it is uh, overwhelming at times. You've got a big community; it's twenty four seven. But satisfying, yeah, it is. It's uh, really uh, uh, so. I've been blessed, and I'm totally delighted to hand it over to Martin. I I think it was a a blessed thing in some ways. It was a right thing mm. for timing as well as the right man for the job too. It's something to celebrate. Really is. October 24, 2012, 
Melbourne Airport sent a tweet out. You familiar with this, Winton? It said, congratulations, Major Winton Nob, our airport chaplain, recognised as National Customer Service Professional of the Year. He does an amazing job. Mm. And that was early on. Yeah. 2012, so he must yeah. have made quite a splash. Well, that was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> splash my, yeah. No, I think that came out of that uh, that journey back to Heathrow. Mm. And uh, I, I'm unbelievable that in uh, a corporate sector mm. that a chaplain is recognised as being uh, um, a professional customer service agent and mm. up with, you know, it was a national award and, um, again, unbelievable and celebrated that with uh, the airport management team who were there, the CEO, and, and I think, again, if we talk about uh, privilege... And presence there. It was good to have that recognition. Yeah, very humbling. Yeah. So, Martin, what now? You're making your own splash out there, um, off the, off the the great ministry and work of yep. Winton. What are what are some of the things like? I, I think. Sorry, I'll, I'll back step a bit. Chaplaincy can is so broad. Like you know, people say, "Oh, that person's a chaplain over there. Or that person's a chaplain over there." Well, I mean. What is it that people can like? If people pray and they think about, you know, the ministry of the what you're doing out at the airport, what yep. sort of things can they pray for? Because I think as much as we want to explore ministry opportunities through this particular podcast, we also want to be mindful that we are people of faith, mm. and we want to encourage people in their ministries as well. Yeah. So, what would what would be some things that you could identify? Even I don't recognise it's early on. I I, I think um, certainly praying for. Um, Sustaining uh, and resilience. Um, you know, Winter mentioned before that it's dynamic and diverse. Um, and I, um, Winter would say this: we we have um, a a small Christian network of people that gather once a fortnight out there. Mm. Um, I was really encouraged um, because we we need to write a sort of a bit of a devotion before that happens. Okay. And I wrote one last week and a bit of my personal story around hope. And um, the response I got back encouraging in emails was fantastic. But I, it was interesting because out of that, um, and some others on the, on the, in that group started to share their own story. Um, so I think, I think it's about resilience in, in an environment like that. that it can, for those in management and those on staff, it can be very cutthroat. Mm. Uh, even, even, for, um, even for the contractors, the contracts come up for renewal and then next thing you know that, you know, there's a team that could be facing redundancy and so we, we can be talking with them and then another company gets it and some of them transition across and things like that. So for them, it's a, it's an ever-changing. So it's how we are communicating that, how we, how we bring ourselves into that space. And you, you're actually a stable presence in that. We're, that's right. We're a stable mm. presence. And, and But we also need to recognise that... Um, it's a humbling place to be, like it, like uh, on honour, the fact that they could say tomorrow that chaplaincy doesn't need to be there. So, mm. you know, we, we can't get, um, we can't make it too much of a right that we have a right to be there. In other words, we're, we're there because of their invitation. And so we need to honour that and honour the people. So I, I guess for prayer, it's about that chaplaincy will be that sustaining place, that, that we will continue to have that influence in that place. Mm. Um, you know, just in, just in the few weeks that I've been there, um, some of the conversations um, with, with even staff, so, some of those struggles and stuff that they're going through, and they don't really know me yet, and yet mm. 
we've been having a conversation and then they say, can we have a coffee and have a coffee? And an hour later, you've listened to this person's yeah. life yeah. story and struggles. They've and trusted yeah. you immediately. They've trusted, with, yeah. With, uh, so yeah. praying that that trust will still mm. be there. But, but also I think that um, God will give us those right words to say that um, when, when we need to encourage somebody on a faith, faith journey, that we're able to have those right words to encourage them on that, on that journey. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you, you were just sharing with me before um, that you, you went for a walk this morning, you know, around the airport and you just sort of you ended up going to some way and you're not sure why you end up going that way and you end up talking to somebody and they open up about some stuff and yeah. it's kind of like just follow the, the mm. Spirit's prompts. Mm. <laughs> it's a yeah. big airport. Oh, <laughs> could have gone it is. 25 different ways, but uh, you happen to encounter that person at that particular yeah. time. And, and, and it's it's amazing. Um, I mean, even probably, oh, well, uh, and our first handover day, I think it was, we'd had the my installation and we'd done the farewell morning tea to Winton. Next thing, uh, Qantas there with a young bloke, baggage handler that... Um, it was struggling with some stuff away from the airport, you know, mm. and then here I am talking to this young guy who's probably faced the first traumatic event in his life, you know, and he's in tears and doesn't know how to handle it. And you're talking with him and encouraging him. Um, you use the professional services at Qantas have EAP and stuff like that. And in that big environment, sometimes you don't get to see the people mm. again because mm. because of the shifts and moving shifts, mm. it can take ages, yeah. can't it? Yeah. But Two weeks later, or I think it was two weeks later, um, I'm walking down and here he is getting lunch at McDonald's, went up to him, been to the doctors, got himself sorted out, been to them counselling, smiled back on his face, enjoying work. Fantastic. And, you know, you you got to see that response in here. Mm. Here was that guy and it was chaplaincy that had that first response that actually helped both the staff and helped him Mm. make those steps to recovery. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that's good. Just as we, we close, Winton, as people explore ministry, what what would you say to them? People exploring ministry, and I'm going to come to you with the same question, Martin. So, uh, I, I think it's it's one of those things when you explore, you don't always know what's ahead of you. You kind of feel as though uh, this is a bit of a, a, a venture, a journey with lots of the unknown, um, yeah, at the moment I've been going through this where you, you're thinking about endings and then new beginnings mm. and uh, you, you, you thankful for the opportunities you've had when you step into something new. You're not really sure what's there but you have, you know, as a, as a Christian, as a, mm. uh, as a person that loves God and trusts his word and has a sense that your life is covered by his incredible presence and grace and love and wisdom, um, and you step out, therefore, with a great deal of faith, and then he opens up just so much for you, which uh, is an incredible privilege and honour. Um, so it's a, it's a partnership, it really is. You have to respond. You have to step, step out. Let's go on this journey. And uh, for me, that six and a half years at the airport was just an unbelievable, um, I'll say, adventure, Really was. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was it was costly. I was tired at the end of it, um, but I really came away saying, "Well, God, you've done a great thing here. Thank you." Great. How much walking did you do at the airport? 
<laughs> I'm missing it a bit because I think uh, it's getting me a lot fitter than I might have thought about. Oh, you might have to start playing golf again. Yeah, well, I might have to. I'll see if I can fit around in or two. But look, yeah, oh, look, you know, kilometres every day. Yeah. You know, I probably averaged, I don't know, 10, 12 um, and had some – one day one day I counted over 22,000 steps, you know. Well, I didn't count it, but, you know, the potometer did. Yep. So, yeah. Wow. Okay. Martin, ministry. People exploring, yeah. People I, thinking I think, about stepping out. I think the fact is that um, if you've got a sense of a call on your life, um, I think um, for Heather and I, we grew up in the Salvation Army, um, and we went through all the leadership stuff, youth group leader, and all that sort of stuff. Had many officers say, you know, your officer material, and go off to college. For us, um, I'm not saying that it was always. Um, the Salvation Army, but sometimes we put blocks in the way and, um, you know, uh, at one stage uh, we did make ourselves available. We've been asked to become envoys and um, that didn't work out. Um, and I can remember going to God and saying, um, well, you know, I'm just going to be the best local officer that I can be in a corps and uh, do what's, um, what you've called me to be there. And, uh and, and thought that that was settled. Um, and then um, for some reason uh, got really, um, oh, uh, things were really tough at work. We were going through a massive change in the banking industry um, and I just can remember phoning Heather one day and said, I can't do this anymore, I need to resign. Um, and I thought she'd say, don't be stupid, you know, like uh, we had a mortgage and mm-hmm. I was giving up a 100,000 a year a job back then and... And um, we, um, I resigned not knowing what I was going to do and within a couple of weeks our officer happened to say about the new lieutenant scheme and would we be interested. I said, find out something anonymously. I realised nothing happens anonymously in the Salvation Army because next thing all these papers turned up with our name over it and two days later our DC <laughs> was on the phone saying, how serious Welcome are you aboard. because we yeah. have an appointment for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Let's explore something and, here. And, and, Let's explore your and new And for me, it's been an amazing journey because we went through that and, and you'd know, Matt, that that lieutenant's, it was, nobody really knew what was happening because it was brand new. Everything we did was testing the waters. Even when we got to the end of three years, what happens now? Do we mm. finish or, and I can remember the uh, warrant for the next three years just turned up in the mail one day. So we thought, oh, well, we must be staying. You rolling know, over. Yep. Rolling Ooh. over. Um, and then eventually, you know, it was um, office of standard rank and all that sort of stuff. Um, it was an ama- amazing journey. But then when we got substantive rank, the army in its wisdom decided to get rid of that lieutenant scheme. Mm. And I know there were a few um, like us uh, that actually we shared the journey that actually said God used that mm. because we wouldn't mm. have become officers without that entry point um, mm. for us. And God used it in a way because once we were locked in, <laughs> mm. um, it was cancelled and with the journey. But no way did I ever dream of that I would be doing this appointment today. Um, for me going to state command, it was a real dark place in our life. Um, Heather mm. was really unwell and didn't even know that we had a future as officers. Didn't make a lot of sense at the time. It didn't make a lot of, absolutely didn't make a lot of sense. And then somehow God blessed in that 
and mm. over time you could see how God actually worked and 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 allowed me to rest in a skill base that I had from a previous life mm. in a in a, in serving in the army in that time to rejuvenate and um, get, get myself back to strength mm. so that I could God then open the door for the airport chaplaincy where you do need the energy and strength. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Great. I want to just finish with one more quote from Winton. And I think this is actually for every officer, not just um, in relation to the chaplaincy. You have to be a very good listener, compassionate, resourceful, a networker, a counsellor to a, a variety of people, as well as an ambassador for the salvos. And I think that, um, you know, as Christ followers, as we continue to serve and wherever that is, and now at THQ for you, Winton, yep. and now at the airport, all those things remain true. Amen. Too, and um, so, uh, guys, it's been great chatting to you. Ooh. I know it's uh, it's very unique that you're both in the same room and yeah. both, in the, you know, just the previous and the now current. But I think it encourages people who explore ministry that there are so many different ways to serve. Yes, yeah. there is. So many different ways. And God mm. uses people mm. to do, and I said this the other day, you know, to do... All sorts of things mm, in yeah. all different mm. sorts of places. Um, so we're, we're going to pray to finish, mm. and then um, we'll uh, we'll go. So let's pray, Father. I just thank you for the the wonderful ministry, or uh, well, honouring the ministry of Winton at the airport, and now Martin, uh, the people that they would see, the people that they would meet under stress and strain and loneliness, and in situations that perhaps they they can't handle. But for this time. Uh, you've placed Martin there, uh, as you have the previous six and a half years, Winton there. And that the salvos will be represented well, but more importantly, that Jesus would be seen uh, in our actions. And uh, for the, the staff, the 16,500 staff who work there, uh, the millions of uh, air passengers that come through, Lord, that if they need um, your support or some support and care and love, and that they would receive that. Lord, I just pray that you would advance this ministry in whichever way you see fit. Um, and, we, you know, those words we said, that we're good listeners, compassionate, resourceful, and networking, and, and meeting with as many people as we can, uh, and that we would not only be ambassadors for the Salvation Army, but we would be ambassadors for Christ. Mm. And we pray these things today in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Thanks, yeah. guys. Thanks for joining us for more about officership. You can join the conversation at facebook.com forward slash SA Candidates Australia. If you want to explore officership further, please speak to your local core officer or candidate secretary. The Salvation Army needs more leaders. Is God asking for more of you?